This is a moment in wine and hip hop presented to you by Jermaine Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Tell me about it. Check this out. Oh, yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the, the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. We are at another episode of Wine and Hip Hop. I got my brother here. How you feeling, Dominic? What's going good, baby. You know? You got more nicknames than Apollo Creed, by I the do, way. Man. I remember that in Rocky IV when he's fighting Drago. <laughs> and they go, and they're <laughs> like 12 nicknames. It's all, it's, it's all about the AKAs, man. I feel like every nickname embodies a different a different a side, different yeah, a yeah, different yeah, yeah. side. It's yeah. all there, man. You don't want to meet Young Thanos. <laughs> Shit gets ugly. I snap my fingers. It's a wrap. Uh, <laughs> yo, Dominic, man, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta um, just intro the people on how this, uh, how this episode came together. I, I try to do this shit as organic as possible. Yeah. Like that's why sometimes it might be a month before an episode comes out for me because. We just want to do it as it goes. I don't go chase guests down. I don't, like, put together a whole thing. This is just, you're walking with us through the wine industry. Yeah, man. So we did an event with my brother from another, Yannick Benjamin, uh, Wine on Wheels. Uh, I was the, the live auctioneer. And um, I see Dominic at the events all the time. I see him at, like, every spot. We always connect. And we're usually the two freshest people in the room. Always. You know, so a fisherman always recognizes a fisherman. You know how game that goes. Game. Exactly. That that, that might have been the first thing we said to each other. Game recognizes game. And um we we just started chopping it up. It was the end of the night yeah. after after the auction and like there to me I, I get so much anxiety about doing that shit because yeah. you want to make sure that you make the the, the right amount of money for the charity and everything. And um, at the end of it, I'm just so relieved and tired. and <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, That's an emotional toll. Seriously. Sure. Yeah. And, and the hair is down. And me, Dominic, uh, and Terrence started chopping it up about music. and We my, took it back. Yo, we, went we way took back. it so way far back. back. It was like we are doing the wine and hip-hop community a disservice by not Having not- done this episode sooner, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, there was too much game. We were going all on like on the same. Nah, that length. shit was crazy, and I was just, I was really impressed because, like, your wine and hip hop knowledge came off like a dude that grew up in the Bronx. <laughs> like, it was like chopping it up with one of my friends from high yeah. school. Like going back, like, how is it that he was on all the we? You was rocking to the Fugees right when I was. That's you it, know, all of that, all of um, that. But uh, nah, dude. So where did you grow up? Uh, right outside of Albany. Um, so yeah, like I mean, I said we were, we were having that discussion about you know, like uh, we were talking about Soundview, right? Remember? Yeah, they had the Soundview hat on. Yes, yes. I was thinking yes. about Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. <laughs> <laughs> you um, see what I'm saying? And uh, no, but like I mean, I've just I've been 
you know, like growing up in the, I don't even know, like in the suburbs, but just always like huge fan of hip hop, no matter what. And I like, I mean, we always like, I, I like, and like if you see, if you see me on social media, like no matter what the situation is, like there's a Jay-Z lyric that goes Somewhere. along <laughs> with whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, so I don't know. I just like, I, I just always, always enjoyed hip hop from, mm. from the get. Do you, you know? remember what, uh, who got you into hip hop or like what song it was? <sighs> I mean, uh, probably, I mean, thinking about, I'm trying to think like the first, I was, I, I was thinking about this uh, on the way over. Like what was the first hip hop album I bought? And I think it was LL. Mama said, knock you out. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Put suckers in fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Explosion. Mm, I think a, that was it. In like fourth grade or fifth grade. It's a beautiful like, era. Yeah. It's a beautiful time right there. So LL. Now, you know, we got to go back, bro. Because first of all, we ain't even toast. Yeah, cheers. Salud, man. Um... And I, this is, I'm looking forward to this one. I, I really wanted to break this topic down for a minute. Dominique and I were going to get into terroir and how that relates to hip hop. And I mean, it just makes sense. All it is, it's the definition of being a product of your environment. Sense of place. You know, that's what all of this shit is. So it, the two just go so well together. Um, so Dominic brought some wines that are very terroir driven. Um, so I'm, I'm in, I'm looking forward to drinking that, but we got to figure out, man, who is your rap spirit animal? If, if there was a rapper that personified your energy as a sommelier, as a restaurateur, playboy, (laughs) 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 philanthropist, (laughs) I mean, like, I'm sure it's everybody's answer, but it's probably Jay. Hove, like, the billionaire. The billionaire. Yo, shout to Hove. The let's billionaire. Host, let's host the Hove. Cheers Hove, to Hove. He's Cheers really the Billy Goat now. He's, like, <laughs> He's the Billy Goat. Fucking, I want a trillion, right? Yeah. Like, that's next, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like, and, and, and I, like, I was talking about this too, like, I mean, since Reasonable Doubt, which was like, what, 94? 96. 96. Yeah. 96. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know. It's and, and like while, like what I appreciate Jay is like is the evolution mm-hmm. because like, yeah, I didn't grow up in Marcy. Like I didn't like money cash hoes. Like that's not a lot of like college. my background. Yeah, college. but like <laughs> <laughs> it's college. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like you know, like yeah, I listened to that and I used to you know bang that in my. Uh, you know, in my uh, in my 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 whip when I was like sixteen. You know, on my right. Rockford Fosgate <laughs> Power Twelves. But like, and when you think about the evolution of like today, you know, I mean, he's rapping about Bordeaux and Burgundies. Real shit. You know what I mean? He's talking about being an imperfect husband. He's talking about trying to be a better father. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think like that. Like, think that's like so relatable over like a twenty. 20- Five year, 20, 30 year career now at this point, yeah, you know, for him. Dude. So I think, I think that's like what you think. And like what, what also you got to respect about Jay is that like everything that he loves, he builds that into the empire. It's I like champagne. Armand de Bernac. Okay, cool. That's mine. 
I mean, Dujak is like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like him and Jeremy, like, you know, how much, you know, like that, that, that they're enjoying I that. I ain't going to front. When I first saw, um, when I first saw, noticed Hove talking about Dujak, I'm like, does he got some type of situation going on? Are they like yeah. changing importers yeah. or something? Rock <laughs> like, Nation? Yeah, Impor- like. Imported he- by Rock Nation? <laughs> Look, we might be doing giving a little spoiler alert. Look, Jay, we didn't know. Jeremy, we didn't know. Yeah, yeah. If that's what it is, but we didn't listen, know. Listen, if you guys if this is happening, Jeremy, Jay, we uh, we want in. Like yeah, we'll we'll be brand ambassadors. We, we can make it work, man. You know, we'll we'll do an event up at DP. Yeah. You we'll know do it up. A little release party, you know? <laughs> exactly. we'll drop exactly. that drop that twenty that, that seventeen vintage? Word, word. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I do think that makes sense. You know, um I don't know. The wine business is very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. You know, you really gotta be a hustler to 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 survive in this game. And especially now, I mean, think about I mean, you know, twenty years ago, you know, which is like kind of when I started in the wine business, which is why I brought this this ninety nine book Estelle, just because that was I figured that was the year that I kinda you know made it official but you know you think about 20 years ago how many brands there were yeah and i mean now today i mean i mean it's exponential about you know what's out there and it's and it's you know you got wine coming in from everywhere i mean 20 years ago you had like you worked with five different books right right that was it and now you have you know i mean and then things are splitting off and you just have so many different you know producers and distributors and like there's literally such a and it's all good. Yeah. There's all like there's so much good wine out there now. You know that maybe ne- necessarily wasn't the case 20 years ago, um, and that's what makes it hard. You know, it's just trying to find like you wish you could buy it all, but you don't have the budget <laughs> nor the space to put it all. You know. Right. Right. So how did you get into the wine industry? My father worked on a cruise ship for Holland America, and then uh, my parents met on the cruise ship, and then settled in Albany. Um, my father worked in some restaurants, and then one of the restaurants that he was a maitre d' at gave him the opportunity. The owner wanted out, so they wanted to buy in the business. A couple of years later, they had a uh, they had a fire at that restaurant, and then uh, opened up Yono's, which is our fine dining restaurant that we have now. That opened up in 1986. Wow. So I kind of grew up in the biz, you know what I mean. So I was kind of always around. Probably started, like, I think I was like 12 or 13 when I started, you know, busting tables, like mm-hmm. you know, and I would I would go down on weekends and 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 help out. I probably got in the way more than anything else. But um and then, you know, I was then I went I went to school I went to school for hotel restaurant management and just like really kinda took a liking to wine and and that was it. And then I had um Was it uh, did your family influence that because no, they were in restaurants? Well, well, my, no, because my parents always said like do don't be in this business. Like, <laughs> like go go Sweep streets. Like, be just better than me, son. Don't be, yeah, don't be in the restaurant business because you have no weekends, you have no holidays, you have, mm-hmm. you know, it's very little, you know, family time and all that stuff. So, you know, and I, I said, you know, I really enjoy this and, and, and kind of went from there and went to school for hotel restaurant management and then, you know, just, just kind of started an appreciation of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I'll, I'll come back to that story later on of, of, of this wine here, but, you know, went to a, a restaurant in Chicago with my father and just kind of took in the whole experience of the like the wine service and just kind of became infatuated with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, started tasting and, and reading and, and all that stuff, and then you know kind of went through the the whole quarter master psalms thing and you know did that, and then uh, was in uh, 
a couple of sommelier competitions Damn. up against our boy, Andre. Ah, shit. So you guys came up in the same, right, in the well, same school, in the same era. More, yeah, more or less. So this is 2003 in Miami, and that was the best young sommelier competition. Andre won. Mm. Um, and then he kind of from that um, wound up taking the job at the French Laundry and then ultimately going to Per Se. So, yeah, so that's how Andre wow. and I first met. You um, know the double XL when they do the freshman class issue. Yeah, I feel like you, <laughs> like that's what that was. Like you guys yeah, were yeah. 2003 yeah, freshman yeah, yeah. class. And yeah, shit. and that was it. And like that's how. And and you know this is like before social media. So like you know we like we you know, people meet and then like you know you don't see them cool and then like you know f- yeah three years later like I bump into them at per se and yeah. you know and, and and that so like it looks like it worked out yeah yeah everybody's <laughs> doing well so um yeah so that was kind of it like kind of got into that and did a couple of sommelier competitions and which I think was great for like um like for learning and also like being inspired in the camaraderie and right. and I think that's one of the things I appreciate so much about you know especially in this town because there's no place else like this you know what I mean like there's no there's no other psalm community. It is um, there's no other wine connected. community like there is in New York. Yeah, you know what I mean? I really and everybody's like, you know, so hospitable and welcoming and like and supportive you know, and of support each other. Of ev- everybody comes to everybody's yeah, events, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, you know, and there's like there's no ego, there's no no bullshit. Like you know, nobody's trying to like step on anybody else. Everybody's just like, how can we help each other out? And I yeah. think that's um, what makes this this community so special. I mean, like how many, you know, we see each other at events all the time. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's out there supporting, you know, whether yep. it's, you know, like, I mean, obviously Yannick stuff that we've, you know, we've both been supporting, like you've been crushing the auctions, you know, I'm just showing up to pour wine and, and have a good time and hang out. And, you know, like when, when, um, when Dustin and, uh, and Thomas did, uh, the Rabul. Yeah. Like that was a great night. That was Again, dope. another auction you crushed. And it's um, one of those things, like, you know that I the squad's going to be there. Yeah, you and, know? like, we all hype it up. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was all, And everyone like, looks forward to, like, hanging out yeah. and shit. And then there's the after party and... Yeah. Oh, we quest love. Yeah, yo. That was That sick. was insane. And he bodied it, too. Sick. Like... I thought he was going to... Like, he... Like, that set he did was... He's a skilled DJ. Fire. It, w- it was, like, fire. technical skills that were happening there with the way that he was putting the music together. And, like, every song that came on, you're like... I haven't heard this in yeah. 15 years. <laughs> I'm like, is he really playing this right now? Yo, and they I had, think that was they had people barefoot dancing at a wine event, <laughs> yeah, <showing> down like <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> like. And that, yeah, and I think that's again this like you know, and people, and again, like I guess this is how the game has changed because when you think about like what people, some people's perception of wine is, is that it's like you know, hoity-toity, highfalutin, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like. You can have sick wine out of a keg, out right. of a can, you know, in plastic bottles. Like, now, it's, and, and people this. enjoy that. Like, because so, do you, I feel like we've definitely been heard at this point. You know, yeah. like people, people are aware that this different style of wine exists. Do you feel like we finally won? Have we changed the perception of wine, or do we have a, a lot further to go? No. Well, I mean, I think there's always an evolution, but I think you know, I mean. You know, they'll throw it back to, like, you know, who drank wine in, you know, the 80s. Like, you think of, like, a country club, some dude with, like, a, you know, Argyle sweater draped around his <laughs> neck, like, you know, pulling up in his uh, BMW convertible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, now, like, there's so much good wine at 
varying price points. It's yeah. not even, you know, it's not even an economic deterrent anymore. I don't think where yeah. like you know you can get a good bottle of wine for seven dollars at a shop. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that I think that idea has kind of changed, and I think that when you look at like the perception of, um. I mean, obviously, like, you know, like the, the barriers that it crosses, right? Like, obviously, this being wine and hip-hop, when you talk about, like, all the people that are, you know, in the game that all drink wine and rap about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a, It happens a lot, man. That, that's really, it's... I mean, how many, how many songs have some wine reference in them, whether, you know, Jay or Khaled or... Yeezy, like everybody has, you know what I mean, like, and it's to the point where it's getting to be like it's cultural now, like yeah. wine destinations. Like when Drake said that shit in um in a diplomatic immunity mm-hmm. at a pro in a private room in Wally's, way to twist in the cork. Yeah, I've been in that private room. <laughs> I twisted corks in there. You know, yeah, like that shit is is beautiful to me because it is like this is just what it is now. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we're we're here, we're running the world. You know, we're a part of this community. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I think that, and that's I think that, you know, I mean, you, you take it back to. I mean, obviously, the champagne was always a big part of hip hop in you know in the nineties, and you know, Dom P and and spilling Cristal and. Mm-hmm. Spilling ace on my sick J's and like all that, but <laughs> you know, and then I mean, obviously, and then like we can go into like Henny and Alize and like oh, shit. all like back, back to Biggie, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Thug Passion, Thug Pac Passion, had, Thug Passion, drinking Thug Passion. Um, but you know, so but then you look at that, and then you know, you look at you look at what the game is now, and like you know, we're uh, you know, I mean. You know, Yeezy's talking about beasting off Riesling. Like, yo, fab. Uh, how you be how you beasting off eight percent alcohol, Yeezy? Like, <laughs> she got an ass that a swallow up a G string, and up top on two beastings, and I'm beasting off the Riesling, and my nigga just made it out the precinct. Lightweight. <laughs> Put your big boy pants on. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's it's such a part of of hip hop culture and pop culture now that you have. You know, everybody is. It, it's it's a it's just it's part of the lifestyle now. Right. I think that's like that's what people are doing. Like, yeah, people are out to dinner and like, even when you look at like dining, you know what I mean? Like straight up and when, down. When you look, I mean, how many times like you follow people on Instagram and they're at Pasquale Jones, they're at Legacy Records, they're at EMP, yep. and you see like hip hop. You know what I mean? Like it's that's the soundtrack. Yeah, dude. and like, that that's the lifestyle. I mean, that's they like you. It, it's about that life and that's yeah you know and i think that like that's like culturally so different than what you know things were before and 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 it's just it's just the way the game has evolved and changed well older now like the generation that that like lived and breathed hip-hop growing up will fucking run in restaurants now yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly (laughs) you know Uh, (laughs) speaking of which (laughs) yeah (laughs) speaking of which all right so tell me about dp yeah, and, so and Yono's. so Yono, so uh, back to yeah. So we were saying my parents opened yeah. Yono's in 1986. So I went to school for a hotel restaurant. So in 2000, when I graduated college, um, you know, I came into it full time and kind of took over the day to day ops. 
And then we were approached by a developer in 2004. Um, they were building a, a new hotel, and they had some, some retail space available, and they had asked us, um, you know, if we'd consider moving down there. And um, so that's when I opened up DP, which is our casual brasserie, kind of a sister restaurant. What I wanted to do was something, you know, to still be able to maintain the high standards of, of the fine dining restaurant, but then also like do something more casual, something every day. So, you know, think of like something like a Gramercy Tavern where you have the fine dining and you have the tavern room. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of like Jean-Georges in Nougatine, you know, you have these restaurants that, you know, you can do like a high-end spot and you can also do something that's, you know, an everyday, you know, lunch, dinner, happy hour, pre-theater um, kind of thing. And it's, and it's been, it's been funny because we have, we have um, a couple theaters, you know, that are downtown in, in close proximity. Um, you know, so we had, uh, we had, um, you know, some, we had, we had some hip hop artists that were in like for at the arena. Um, we had, uh, we had Tretch. Ah. Tretch was in. <laughs> Tretch is a in. wild boy, son. Nah, I'll tell you, he was pretty chill, man. Yeah. He was chill. Drinking Pinot Grigio. Not what I expected. Not what I expected. Really? Yeah. Just chilling, hanging out, having lunch, relaxing before the show that night. <laughs> um... You know, and then uh, and then a couple of years, two years ago, three years ago, Nas was in. Get the fuck. Yeah, out he of here. did. Uh, he did. He did a tour. He was. He did. Did Illmatic, cover to cover. I think it was the twentieth anniversary. <laughs> and they did. They just played the whole album cover to cover, uh, live. What the? What's the theater? Uh, the Palace Theater. Palace Theater, oh, two okay, blocks away. Yeah, so I know. Damn. Yeah. Yo, you in you in prom? You in the? In yeah. The no. Spot. No. Like I said, being you know, being being adjacent to the hotel is nice too, because they're you know that's where they come in and they stay, because it's it's close by. But it was, um, yeah. So that was a uh, that was that was a good time. Damn. Um, but so so what's the for everyone that's not been there? Like, what would you describe the vibe like? You know, it's it's like a chill. Um, you know, for as far as like you know, Yono's is definitely more um, more upscale. You know, what I mean? more fine dining. People are going there; they're going to be there for a bit. Um, but you know, the thing about DP, it's just like a chill vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, you know, the the playlist has like a lot of old school R and B and hip hop. You know, but like kind of chopped up with like some some Motown and and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit for everybody. Nice and and uh, yeah, and, and I mean the main the vibe is. You know, it's just like a, a laid back kind of sexy vibe. Like you can come in, you know, like on, and what, what I love about 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 the, the vibe at DP is that, you know, at one like on like on one night you scan a dining room and you got like some some lawmakers over here because the Capitol's three blocks away. <laughs> and then you got a couple over here on date night and mm. you got, you know, like a group of six girls over here, girls night out. And you got like four dudes over here that are working for like an accounting firm. You know what I mean? They got the the, the, the five o'clock tug on the ties, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's like a family over here. So it's, it, and it's just kind of cool to look around the room and everybody's just, you know, like it literally works for everybody. You know what I mean? It's That's just dope. the menu works, you know, a lot of variants and, you know, and like obviously wine is, is a big part of it. Um, yeah, you guys, so, um, uh, so you guys were uh, – nominated for the James Beard Award. Yeah, three times. Three times uh three times nominated, never won. 
Uh, but again, yeah. like also being in a small market like Albany to even get nominated. That's huge. That's yeah. what I was like, saying. If, like, you, if you can get nominated for a Grammy three times in a row like or an Oscar, and let's like for the Beard Awards in our industry, that's that's the, that's the Oscar, that's the Grammy, that's the whatever. So, absolutely. You know, to, to, to kind of to see yourself listed with, you know, like, I mean, one time we were up against Danielle. One time we were up against, you know, Bobby Stuckey at Frosca. That is fucking huge, Yeah, Wolfgang bro. Puck, like, Burn Steakhouse in Tampa. I'm like, you put me on that list? Like, I'm fucking... <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'm sure I don't even, was... even want to win yeah. at this point. Like, just put me on that list. I'm with sure these guys. it was healthy for business. Yeah, you know, and it is. And, and I think people, like, you know, people will search that out. But again, like, to be able to kind of, you know, to be like, oh, yeah, you know, we've had... We've had to be able to to be recognized by your peers, you know, because mm-hmm. it's always you know it's a peer oriented thing, you know that's huge. Because I mean, not that you do any of this stuff for awards, right? You know I mean? or, yeah. for, or for mentions or, or whatever, but I think to get to be able to have that opportunity to be recognized is it kind of validates your yeah, work, you know what definitely. I mean? Which is is nice. You know, that's interesting, man. Because I've been I've been recently uh, thinking about accolades and kind of how that works and why I'm kind of setting my goals up and stuff. And you're right. You don't do it for the awards, any of that shit. What do you do it for, bro? I mean, ultimately for me, I mean, like, yeah, at the end of the day, like for the ability to support my family, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Put a roof yeah, over their head. And, but I mean, you know, I was at the welcome conference yesterday that um, uh, it, it, it's a hospitality driven conference set up by, um, Anthony Rudolph, who was the uh, the GM of Per Se for many years, and, and Will Gadara from EMP, and, and Made Nice, and Brian Canlis uh, from Canlis out in Seattle, and the whole idea of it is it's you know it's welcome, it's it's hospitality, it's right. you know, and and there's like a sick drug in hospitality, and that <laughs> is like the the feeling that you get when you. You know, you take care of people when yeah. you can provide for them and, you know, give them, you know, restore them. I mean, restaurants come from the word restorer, which means to restore people. You know what mm. I mean? So you talk about, you know, people come in. come in there broken and you fix Yeah, them. well, that's it. Like, they, you know, like people come in and they had a shitty day at work. Yeah, and, wow. You know, the kid smashed, you know, something at the house and they come in and they just like. You know, for the the two hours or whatever that they're mm. there with you, and you know, by giving them food and beverage and hospitality, that they leave better than they came in. Wow! So that's you know? the mindset that you walk that's in it. with. That's the yeah. drug. That is the drug. Wow! In this, in in, in the hospitality business, I think, at least it, it, for me, and I, I know for a lot of like-minded people that, you know, people come in and yes, we're giving them a tangible steak or piece of fish, right? Or whatever, but there's so much more to that. Is that, and it's the fact that, you know, they're going to enjoy the, their time there, and, um, you know, be able to, to, uh, you know, to leave better than they came in. You right. know, even for just two hours, whatever, get away from whatever the problems are, of the day. Because let's face it, we all got a lot of shit that we're dealing with. You know what of I mean? Course. Like, you know, everybody's got their their stuff. But I think you know, and, and ultimately, that's that's what. You know, when I go home and I lay my head down at night, like that's, that's what, and if something goes bad, that's also the shit that keeps me up at night. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. you know, this, this people's, their food was cold or they ordered the steak this way and they got this or the, you know, this bottle of wine that they wanted, we were out of or right. whatever it is. But I think at the end of the day, like, did they leave happier than they came in? 
Mm. Yeah, like you feed their you feed their bellies, but like, do you feed their soul? Right. You know, you know and I think that's that's what matters. I never understood the love of hospitality. I didn't. I was always like, yo, that's the one job I could never do. I'm a hater. I never like to see people have fun if I can't <laughs> hang out and have fun too. Like, you know, that shit kill. But I did. Um, I I was uh I was. Uh, there was a, a charity auction that happened. Um, Carla Hall had uh-huh. uh, she'd put together this uh, wine dinner. Um, well, she put together a dinner. It was her, um, Daniel Breaker from Hamilton cooking. Oh, nice. um, yeah, it was it was so dope. And she hit me. She was like, "Yo, you know, um, why don't you do the wine for this thing? This would be cool." I'm like, "Absolutely." Whatever Carla needs, yeah, I'm yeah, there, yeah. bro. I'm like she called me at four o'clock in the morning. I'll show up with a shovel, whatever she needs. <laughs> you know, shovel, duct tape, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> who, the, with the with the trunk already lined with black garbage bags. Uh, <laughs> whatever Carla oh. needs, I'm there for her. But um, yeah, she was like, "Yeah, come through, do the wine for this dinner." So I thought that I was going to do the wine pairings. Uh-huh. And I was so, I was the psalm for she, the dinner. You were doing service, yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. yo, bro, I've never done service. I've never worked in a restaurant. <laughs> nothing. I've seen it done. I've been on the other. You've been side on. You've been receiving but it. But like, you know, a sommelier is uh, is really someone that understands that service side. The service yeah. element is so important. And um, it was my first time doing it. What, like, I've seen it done. Yeah. So. Trust me, these guys, these poor <laughs> people didn't get great <laughs> service, but I was friendly and I knew about the wine and it, w- it was fun yeah. to hang out. But like, I walked away getting it. I got yeah. it after that. It's like you're hosting a fun dinner party. Yeah, and that's, and that, I mean, yeah, yes, to, to an extent, it's like, I mean, you have people over at your house, it's a lot of work, yeah. but you're having fun entertaining these people. Exactly. And like, you know, you have, you have you know, let's say six people over for dinner at your house. You're not enjoying yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you are, you're but you're your not feet. sitting down. You're like you're running around. You're making sure people's wines topped off, right. or you know, cocktails, or making sure that you know everybody's the food is is you know gets to the table the, the way you want it. And that's that's what it's like having a restaurant. But it's also like you know all of that. So all of the bullshit that goes into it because there's plenty of it. Whether it's the stuff that's regulated by legislation, or it's you know you're working with ingredients that cost hundreds of dollars a pound and yeah. they have a three-day shelf life and if yeah. it doesn't sell guess what <laughs> like you're you're eating that cost you That's know so you, you have all that stuff too to worry about but again at the end of the day like yes i need to be able to pay the rent and pay my payroll and make sure that my kids are fed and they're mm-hmm. clothed and you know there's a roof over the house and, and all that but at the end of the day it's like when people leave happier than you found them you know what i mean like right and i think that's about everything just as in like a way of life, like leave people better than you found them. Leave whatever it is. Leave the world. Like when we leave this studio, we're gonna tidy up and make sure it looks better than when we walked in, yeah, right? Like straight. that kind of whole thing. Mm-hmm. Leave a um, bottle of wine for whoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is, I know, yours, this is yours. This is yours. Oh, yeah. Um, shout to Alex, man. Like Alex, minutes, Alex, come Alex, on, man. Alex is let brand it breathe. New. Let yeah. it breathe. <laughs> He's letting it breathe. <laughs> Alex is brand new at Crew Love Selections, man. We need, um, we needed some some life in here, man. I'm I'm getting old, bro. No, you're not. I'm getting come old. On. I'm losing touch, man. Still young. <laughs> Still young. All right. So speaking, so thirties um, and new twenties. Yeah, we're, so Dominic brought some wines, man. Um, when we when we were talking about the show. We focused on terroir-driven, and I'm not going to hold you. As much as I 
felt um terroir squad was, yeah yeah that's, that's that's what it came to i felt like this was I like that I like this was that. an important thing to discuss because this is how i choose what i'm going to drink yeah it's completely right based up. on terroir yeah and um so like people ask me all the time like yo how do you pick good one i don't fucking know bro like yeah every there's so many different styles it's based on mood it's you know, it's um, and that's like that's that my least favorite question. What's your favorite wine? Yeah, I'm like pick a moment, a time, a place. Who am I with? What am I eating? Mm-hmm. What's the temperature outside? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how much am I drinking? That's the question. What am I doing tomorrow? Um, but I think that you know, and that's like, uh, what's your favorite wine? The next bottle that's going to be in front of me. You know what I mean? Like that's literally my favorite wine at the moment. Right. So but, I th- I thought this was a, a great topic to conquer, but um, I. It, I was chilling one day. The, the reason it, it it came across me, I'm chilling one day. I'm listening to some Fat Joe. I I just I, I felt like Fat Joe was underappreciated, yeah. man. Fat Joe is a motherfucking legend. Yo, can we toast to Fat Joe Fat real Joe. quick? Fat Joe. Fat Joe has been in the. Has it's been putting out music longer than Jay Z. Twenty plus, right? Fat Joe's been putting out music since like '91. Really. And he is one hundred and fifty percent authentic. Yes, street like he don't lie in his raps. And I mean, the guy's from the Bronx, man. Like this is the birthplace of hip hop. He it's, was like coming up under KRS and all these people, and he's still relevant today. Today, um, what's this? Uh, all the way up is in Mountain Dew commercials right <laughs> now. Right, right now, right for my niggas with Bentley coops and Rolexes. The bitch out the room and gave her no breakfast. Had to stash the jewels, these bitches so reckless. Keep my hoes on cruise, I'm talking naughty uptown. Still went platinum. Yeah. He's still going, Fat Joe is still going platinum. Still going. And underrated, like you said. Totally, he's a total legend, so underrated. I wanted but to. But all those songs that you know, I mean, lean back. Yo, dude, you people don't get. Fat Joe made so much money in the ringtone era. Oh yeah, like I've he, heard, no yo, ringtone. You don't like people weren't Fat Joe saw it, bro. Yeah. Fat Joe deserved. So I wanted to dedicate an entire show yeah. to Fat Joe, and like, so this is the Terroir Squad. The Terroir Squad. <laughs> I and think we should come out with like a, a mixtape named Terroir we Squad. Should. We Me should and absolutely you. come up with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think the thing about Terroir is that. Like I mean, obviously, you know, we we use that term to discuss wine and, and and wine having a sense of place, but you know, like we discussed earlier, like hip hop has a sense of place, one hundred percent. And like you have a winemaker who has a style, like you also have artists and producers who have a style. Yeah, like producing's producing, man. And and that's <laughs> it. But like you know, like there's beats that you know. You're like, that's the fucking Neptunes. Mm-hmm. I know it. Like you know what I mean. As soon as you hear it, or that's Timbaland. You know what I mean. Like you know those. You know you know a Yeezy beat when you hear it. Right. Um. And and I think like that. You know, there's and same thing like with music. Like you know, in half of a bar, California Love comes on. Like you know, that's mm-hmm. fucking classic. You start to hear nineties West Coast mm-hmm. hip hop synthesized like, voice in the back. That's death that West row. Coast shit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know those beats. And then, and and in conversely, like you think about early, or, you know, even back like NWA, right? You know what I mean? You know those. You like literally those songs. Like that. Like literally half of a half of a bar in, you you 
you're already singing the whole thing in your head. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And then you think about, like, you know, you think about the same thing, uh, you know, East Coast. You know, think about Bad Boy, like, from the 90s, you know? Like, I mean, big, obviously, but, you know, like, Puffy. like Yo, Puff, <laughs> like, Classic Puffy. No classic Way puffy. Out. The No, no way, way Out album. One of the most amazing albums I've like ever if, heard. If, Puff could if, put an album together. If that didn't melt down in my car when I was <laughs> like a senior in high school because I played it so many times. Yo, that no way. And out the only reason why it didn't melt was because then Harlem World came out. <laughs> and and I played that in too. I think this is before you even had like a five disc changer yeah, in your yeah, car. You still, <laughs> you still had the book. You show up with the book. <laughs> I still have with mine. The of course still you do. Have I knew you basement. still had yours. Still have it in the basement, and and I I don't think I'll like they'll bury me with that. Like they will literally bury me with that whole book. And Where's like, my book? What's in that? Like I bequeath you my yeah. no. It's CD coming with book. me. It's coming with me. It's coming underground with me. Um, so I can have those beats with me just in case. Just I, in case. So we're gonna get into some some music. Uh, so what I'd like to do for this episode is. We're going to go through the terroir of hip-hop. Yes. And, you know, you got East Coast, you got West Coast, you got Midwest, down South. I want to go through that, you know, even talk about some of the socioeconomical mm-hmm. things that might, in, like, play to why this yeah. music comes out this way. Because that's what all the different parts of terroir are. And that's it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through a couple different spaces here. We're going to start with some big puns. As we were sitting there talking, there was this you song can't have that one. hit my head, you man. You can't have like, one without when, the other. When I think about, um, I think about Terror Squad, man. I there was a time in my life when I used to I hang out, I hung out in um, Castle Hill a lot, uh-huh. and this was when Big Pun was popping. This was when Remy Martin, like <laughs> this, her name is Remy Ma now. I was listening. I knew when her name was Remy Martin, bro. Like I seen like Remy, she. She was popping for a minute in the hood first. I I saw her coming up, and, um, you know, this song always brings me back to that. So we're going to start with um, with Terror Squad featuring Big Pun, What You Gonna Do. I love this song, man. And if you you can, Google the video. This shit is straight fire. (laughs) Swine and hip hop. Holler. It's hard to explain how my squad in the harbor the strain of being the largest name of rap to the almighty king, McDonald's the fame. My college terrain was the rugged streets from Harlem to Queens back to the Bronx with father the dream. It started this thing called rap where I reign supreme. My team, regardless of that, I see things in farmers are crying to make the hardest, largest, hardest, hardest collapse. A part of that is why it's so hard to go back and start it from scratch. Skinny nigga, but I walk inside the piss like the Kimbe. I'm the LeBron same. I keep an angel face with me. You got your hand out, hope again. What that mean? Like, give me what you need. You a penny? Better off asking for kidneys. If a fist don't suck my dick, I swear that shit just to fit me. Ho, I'm really from Detroit. I went to casting that Rennie, acting like you can't die tonight. What you gon' come back like Kenny? I roll up spazzing like Timmy. Hand is attached and Benzies. I can't sugarcoat the answer for you, this is how I feel If somebody kill my son, that means somebody getting killed Tell me what you do for love, loyalty and passion of All the memories collected, moments you can never touch I went in front of niggas, spot and watch him hit his block I catch a nigga leaving service if that's all I got I'm a burden, cause ain't enough light in the daytime Smoking sweets and soapy chickens, four o'clock like nine Big nut holder, my boulder smoker on the PA pipes AK loader as I get swallowed under city lights Niggas be looking shy, so I look shy back Can't show no weakness with these bitches, get your life jacked 
right, y'all. We are back from the break. We just rocked out to uh, to rap from everywhere, man. I feel like we just we we, we got all over the country. The map. Yeah, we, we got zigzagged. All, lots of different terroirs, and I mean, we're, we're definitely not going to be able to cover everything today. I'm sure, but we'll we'll kind of break it down. But why don't we start with? So tell us <clears throat> in very simple terms, what is terroir? Terroir, I think ultimately, I mean, the French translation is of the dirt. Um, but I think ultimately, I think it's a sense of place. So like we're drinking this Bocastel, you know what I mean? This is like one of the classic producers of, of the Southern Rhone. And like you, you know, this wine's 20 years old, but mm-hmm. you taste it and it, I mean, it tastes like the, the land of where it comes from, mm. you know? And, and that's what I think terroir is, is that you, when you, you know something from, it has a sense of place. Like this, this wine belongs right. from the, the south of, of the Rhone Valley. Right. So what, it, are, what are the different elements that play into creating? Well, I mean, I, I, a lot, I mean, uh, the, the soil, the dirt itself, like, yeah. you know, you are, you become, you know, ultimately, you know, wine is, a, it's a, it's a grocery and it's, it's, uh, you know, winemakers are essentially farmers. So these wines yeah. are coming from the earth. In what the soil types in the 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 weather, you know, yeah. what I mean? how much sunshine it gets and yep. how much rain it gets in the cooler nights to produce to produce acidity and all of these things, are, you know, what makes wine what it is. It's fun. Like I feel like people and me, like when I was first coming into wine, I didn't even think about the fact that there were different soil types. Yeah, like if you knew the difference between like Pinot Noir and Cabernet, and like when you started, like that's that's big, right? But then you know, like as you chop it up more. And you're like, all right, I had this Pinot Noir from the central coast of California. I had one from Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And when you taste them side by side, like if you taste them separately, they kind of taste alike. Right. You know what I mean? But then you taste them side by side and you realize that, you know, a cooler climate wine from some, someplace in Sonoma is going to taste differently than something that's in a warmer area like Monterey. Right. And and I think when, you, you know, you talk about, you know, the sense of place and, 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 and you know, as you delve deeper into it, and I think that's like, for again, like we talked about hospitality being a drug, like wine is a drug, like literally, because it can fuck you up. Yeah, you can get addicted. <laughs> but a little also, thing called alcoholics. <laughs> but also, like, you, you know, you taste the wine and you just want to delve deeper into it. Yeah. And then, you know, you, I mean, you know, you can talk about a, a producer and they make three different wines same grape all pinot noir but mm-hmm. from three different vineyards that are a mile apart you know what I so mean? that specific place that that one vine of grapes that is row grown. that row of grapes that that half of a hectare mm-hmm. of 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 uh, that you know that acre and a half of wine is telling a story a of that place every and then you also have the winemaker who helps tell that story and it's like the same thing goes with 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 music and with hip-hop like you know you know, like we heard that, that we're listening to or like, you know, nothing but a G thing, but from Dre comes on, like, right. you know, like you that's, that little... you know, that sense of place that that West Coast hip hop. And Roger hear... Troutman shit in yeah. the back. <laughs> but like you also, again, like, you know, if you hear, you know, you hear a certain artist in, but like you, you, you know, you hear a, a Jay-Z song, but you're also like, that's a fucking Rick Rubin beat. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, you know it that, or that's very... easy. Like, you know that that is, so you know, and, and it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, okay, this, this particular style of wine, mm-hmm. 
this is a this is a this is this is definitely a, sh- a Rhone Valley wine. It's it's Syrah based, right? But who's the producer? Okay, it's like classic Bo Castell. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like you hear a beat and you're like, you got I, like, I, I know that voice. I know that voice is, you know what I mean. I know that voice is Nelly, but then you hear that, you know, like you know who, who you know, but you know within that that style of music, right? You know that there's like you delve deeper, in it, and I think that's that's kind of the you know there's a lot of similarity, a lot of parallels between definitely music and and wine because of it. And I think for most of us, like you know, we're we're artistic to some level, you know, enjoying right. enjoying wine in, in the way that we you know work with it and and, and do that. And it's obviously, just an art, man. yeah, wine's you know, a movement. It is, you no know? doubt. And, and it's and it's it's a movement, but it's also like it's it should be a part of everyday. Oh, absolutely! You know, like it's it's it should oh, I mean, be like, it like should be like the loaf of bread that's sitting on your counter right now. There should be a half open bottle of wine. Facts. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> yeah. it. And it, and it's not you know it's not about like I look at. So when I listen to something, I can say like, oh, this feels very New York. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a primo beat, mm-hmm. like DJ Premier. You hear DJ Premier <laughs> pro- production? Yeah, it feels like New York. You yeah. know, um, but even now, like. Like that's like golden era hip hop yeah. as they would call it, but even now, um, like Brooklyn has a sound. Yeah. Like Brooklyn has a, a sound. Like you hear all oh, these guys sound like they're from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but it's it's um I think that it reflects like the day to day life. Like you listen to West Coast artists, there's a lot of gang banging mm-hmm. because that's how they live. That's yeah. what that's a part of the culture. They live in gang culture. Yeah, um, it's just survival. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like down south. You, like don't get me wrong there's gangs down there but the it's a different type of lifestyle yeah, it's and the it's... music is influenced by that lifestyle like i feel like the new york attitude is very aggressive mm-hmm. um there's a lot of haters out here <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people every, packed on a small plot of land too. everybody thinks <laughs> they're the best everybody's angry <laughs> everybody's angry and you that comes through in the music you know like we were talking um Alex and I, we were talking earlier about Chicago and what the type of music, like the drill scene, yeah. and everybody's talking about killing someone. It definitely matches the murder rate. Which is <clears throat> fucking disturbing. <laughs> very so, disturbing. Very disturbing. But they're reporting what happened. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's they're reporting it's, what happened. There's transparency. So Alex was like, um, what about Chance the Rapper? Yeah. Chance is from, from uh, Chicago. I'm yeah. like, you know what, though? Every action has a reaction. Yeah. And just because uh, this grape maybe was grown in this particular row doesn't mean that it can't uh, stand out on its own. It can't stand out. So Chance, I feel like he was his music is a reflection is a positive reflection of it because he has to be that positive to survive in that yeah. place. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Because he like he this is what he grew up in and he wants to be the change that he wants to see and i think that's i think that's what you get now maybe hopefully that maybe that changes does that shift like do people these kids that are growing up now in chicago that are like aspiring and want to be like chance do they like Mm -hmm. listen to this and does this sink in i definitely you know what i mean and 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 does that maybe that's the way to get through to these gangbangers in chicago where like you don't have to be like that you know this is not the way to settle or or to do this you know, and I mean, like we talk back to Chicago, like when you think about like early Kanye, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like college dropout, you know, that was very different than yeah. Kanye now. 
And I mean, like, I'm not mad at Kanye, Kanye, but I'm mad at Kanye. You know, like, there's the pre-Kardashian Kanye, yeah. and there's the post-Kardashian Kanye. Kardashian. Kanye. Yeah, like... <laughs> you ain't fucking with Kanye Kardashian? <laughs> but in that, like, and that's, but, like, Through the Wire, that bro, song... when I first heard that song, I got chills, man. Like, like goosebumps, hair standing up I, on your I'll arms. I'll never forget. Um, and when you think that he rapped that with his mouth... With his mouth wired. wired. shot. Dude, it was funny. Like, me, we heard... The first time we heard that song... It was me and my man Blizz. We was driving down White Plains Road. I'll never forget. You know, 525 IB. When y'all see me out there back in the days. Can we, let's talk about how hip-hop culture has influenced automobiles. Mm, Yeah, like, yep, you're right. Now, I mean, you want a Mercedes? It's got a 1,200-watt Bang & Olufsen or a Bose or a Harman Kardon system. That shit wasn't in, that was not in there that is 25 years true. ago. Now they got alloy wheels. Now they come tinted. Like, all the shit that we were doing to cars in the 90s. Hell yeah. That's now. That's the standard. You know, but then you kind of like, you look at it, now it moves back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm old enough, you know, I know the right car to buy, but grown enough not to put rims on it. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But, exactly. you know. Um, but na- and then and then so that now you kind of like you see that, but you see how that kind of moves around. But when you think about like all of these things that we did to cars, that's you what know, it is every now. Honda Civic and, and, and Yo, every '92 fuck. Civic that had that was oh my slammed, had a skirt on the bottom, <laughs> had a five <laughs> star five star rims, dropped the Civic. Yeah. We, we've all had that Civic <laughs> drive past six, us on the six thousand dollars Civic with twenty grand worth of accessories. <laughs> <laughs> oh nah, you get the Civic that got the Benz kit on it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, somebody uh, somebody in the wine importing business posted the other day, and it was a, a photo. And he goes, and there was um, clergy license plates on it. And he goes, a clergyman driving a Bentley? And it wasn't a Bentley. It was a Chrysler 3000 oh, yeah. that they popped off. They pop, They put Bentley badging on a Chrysler 300. Disrespectful, man. <laughs> She's disrespectful. And then changed up the, head, the headlight thing. <laughs> but I'm like, that hip-hop culture affected automobiles. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, nah, we changing the world, bro. And... Like, when you think about it, um, look at basketball. Yeah. Basketball is hip-hop now, dude. Like, whenever I, I go in and I'm like, yeah, you know, I fuck with wine and hip-hop, first thing people say is, yo, basket, all the basketball players, LeBron, and that skirts the line. That's That skirts, like, there's an assumption, but at the same time. All right, let's talk about LeBron James. Oh, gosh. Let's talk about <laughs> LeBron James. Let's talk about yeah. hip-hop culture. mm so last year, was it last year? It was right before Christmas, not this past year, but the year before. My boy Dylan Proctor sends me a photo of him and LBJ and Dwayne Wade at my Comus Vineyards when he was Of course. Yeah. So like they were playing they were playing um Golden State and it was over the Christmas weekend and they had a day off. So LeBron chartered a bus, took the whole team up to Napa. And I think somebody covered this. I don't remember who it was. I remember reading a story about I it. Hear about this, yeah. um, I remember reading a story about it like months later. But um, but Delin had sent me the photo. Like it was like literally, I think like the morning of Christmas Eve or something like that. And there they were. Like and and everybody, like a lot of the winemakers came to May Commons. 
to bring wine. And they did like a basically a, a, a terroir driven, like this is Napa. And they, you know, I, I think I think uh, Carissa Mondavi was there. Um, her husband is the winemaker of Staglin. Mm. Um, and uh, so they were there and, and uh, Dylan was there when he's with Fantasca now. And they brought all these Napa wines and did a tasting for the team. You know, I don't know if you saw the thing a few, uh, like a month ago, and ESPN um, about Greg Popovich. And how he, like, uses wine to... And, like, he does, <laughs> basically, whenever they go to a city, like, they go to, like, the best restaurant, and he orders, like... All the good shit. All the good wine. I mean, he was a partner in A to Z up in, up in Willamette. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know him and Timmy Duncan had a restaurant together. Word? Yeah, in San Antonio. And I'm trying to think of where it was. But they were partners in a restaurant. Wow. And then, he, and then you think about Charles Banks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> Who fucking ripped off Timmy Duncan. Timmy Duncan. I couldn't Timmy believe Duncan. that, man. The Big That's Fundamental. Wild. How are you going to steal from the Big Fundamental? You can't do that, bro. You know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, NBA is hip-hop is wine. Yeah. Next. Next. All yeah, right. <laughs> no, they, I, I definitely it's think it's all it, intertwined. Yo, you see LeBron. LeBron's drinking. Like he, he got something coming. I know LeBron has something. Now, there's coming. gonna be, there's gonna be like an LBJ twenty three label. Yeah, coming out. It's of, a matter of time. Coming I, out of. I actually heard um, he was like brand ambassador for some group in Burgundy or something really? like that. I heard some like Google it. it I saw something like that. Um, yeah, and I remember there was there was a game. Um, I don't know. He was like, it was like late in the season. He was a couple years ago. He was pretty beat up. And, and <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, he's like, they're like, uh, LeBron, uh, how are you feeling? It's like, you know, you've been playing, averaging 49 minutes because yeah. they want to know so many over T's, OTs. And he's like, all I know is I'm going to get back to the room and I'm going to get this wine open and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's restorative. It's yeah, restorative. It does. If it That's... works for the best basketball player on the planet. It, wor- it, it works work for, for you and you. me. Yeah, very right? true. That's very it. true. How do you feel about all the extracurricular activities that LeBron is into these days? Listen, I mean, well, like the work that he does, like that school, the the I Promise. Insane. I mean, like tip my cap. I wish more people with the resources that they have would do more things like that. You know, like – when I see that, you know, I mean, like we talk about Nipsey, like when Nipsey, like there was, he, he read about some school that the kids like, you know, were wearing shoes that were all ripped up. He mm-hmm. bought shoes for the whole school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So LeBron builds a school to take care of these kids who basically, you know, he guarantees them free tuition and, and backpacks and clothes and uniforms and all that stuff. Yeah. They get a bike. They Listen. get groceries. The parents get a pantry, like a pantry full of groceries. Exactly. Every parent. And then, like, so you think about, you know, we talked about hospitality earlier. So here he, this man who has this God-given gift of basketball, and he's greater than the game. Right. You know, that has allowed him to make hundreds of millions of dollars. But now what is he doing? Like, yeah, he could... I'm sure he's got every car, every house, every watch, every pair of sneakers, every whatever he wants, it's yep. his. But the fact that now he's changing the lives of hundreds of students. That's what it's about. Did you, like, did you see that commercial with D-Wade? Remember how he was doing the jersey thing? No. I couldn't I'm not watch gonna, the whole I thing. It I fucked me, up. It fucked me I up. I cried. 
I cried like a baby. Like a baby. Why does shit like that fuck with people? Because it it. it changes. Like when that girl who, you know, she goes, I, she, she, she goes, I never would have been able to go to college if it weren't for you. Mm. You know, that the, the girl whose brother got, you know, that, that got killed at, um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Yeah. And he was such a huge fan of D Wade in war number three because of him. You know what I mean? And this is why, like, when you have these fucking pieces of shit on Fox News, like Laura Ingram talking about shut up and dribble, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, these people are doing more good. Like, their gift is basketball. And what they're doing to change people's lives, the trajectory of these people's lives are forever changed because of that. Exactly. So, and I think when you, you know, I wish, I hope there's more of that. Because, yeah. like, you know, you talk about these athletes who have more money than they're ever going to need in their lives. You know, and, and like, let's talk about Staglin. Mm. Staglin Wine, um, the family, they have donated $37 million. They have raised $37 million to combat mental illness. Mm. And that's what they do. Like, they have a big auction every year, and all that wine goes to to mental illness. So, like, they have, they have resources because they have this winery in Napa Valley and like that they could pocket that 40 million easy I mean I'll take a G550 right yeah. <laughs> but no they problem. said no like we we want to help other people you yeah. know what I mean you look at uh Grace Grace Family Vineyards uh Dick and Ann Grace they just sold the winery they had a two they and a half sold it yeah they just sold it um they had a two and a half acre plot in in uh uh, Cal- uh right by Calistoga in Napa right on Route 29 in this beautiful old Victorian home and all the, you know, again, he was he was very blessed that he had a career. And I think he worked for like one of the big five accounting firms, uh, and, and made a lot of money. And then every dollar that they made, they used to fund, um, you know, people who who are less fortunate. Wow. And and you know, so like you know, they're selling a four hundred dollar bottle of wine to people who have plenty of means, and that four hundred dollars is going to help people who, you know, can't put food on the table at night or, mm. you know, don't have, you know, clothes to wear or whatever it is. So True story there's, about again, Grace family. Yeah. Like, you know, growing, coming up in wine, I wasn't always, I wouldn't say I was, like, in love with wine. I was focused on the wine business and, and how um, I was, you know, my role in the wine business. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the first things that caught my eye, like, early at this point, I'm probably, like, 20 years old. Um, one of the first things that caught my eye was a Grace Family Vineyards bottle and how beautiful the bottle was. Yeah. Like, so the way that the label, yeah. like, it had my favorite colors on it, red, black, red, and green. Red, black, and green. You know, we still we still on that um, dead press. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger than hip-hop and shit. That's it. You know what? Dead Prez is also slept on. Did you get ever get into that shit? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Revolutionary but gangster. Um We were talking about these wines a little bit. Um so you mentioned the Staglin. I don't think we gave these guys a proper introduction. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what we're drinking? Sure. So the first off that we started with uh Chateau Bocastel, you know, benchmark producer in the Rhone. Uh, I, I chose this wine. Uh, a, I love Bocastel. Uh, I love all the incarnations of this wine. 
Um, you know, they have a winery in California that they do Ron varietals there, but I picked the 99 because that's when I got in the game. So that's mm. when I started into wine. Um, so that like wonderful th- vintage in hip hop as well. It was, it was a very wonderful <laughs> vintage in hip hop. Uh, golden again, you know, that's the golden, golden era. The golden shit. era. That is golden uh, but era. I feel like we're in the golden era too. Like we're in a pretty good fucking yeah, time. We're, we're, we're in, we're in a good place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bocastel has always been a huge producer of mine. I, I always love Rhone wines and, and like, while this wine may not be the most budget conservative wine, um, you can get some really good wines from Bocastel even. Yeah. For like under twenty bucks a bottle, yeah. and I think you know you have, you know you have that ability to like you know the, the the best of the best goes into this bottle, and then whatever you know the younger vines and stuff like that they can put into less expensive bottles. So you can get you can get a piece of the brand for much less money, and, and then you know as you come up, yeah, make a few more dollars. You know what I mean? Then you can How step would up you your describe game. this uh, this wine? Because I love Rhone wines, bro. Yeah, like, I could. Yeah. I know you're big a burgundy guy. I love. I really like burgundy. Yeah, and but I was. You know I was gonna. I was looking for some some burgundy, but I was like, uh, I didn't have any old burgundy. I had some young stuff, some <laughs> young Dujac. I thought about bringing. But I knew we would be talking. That's about That's a it at hard some point. name, man. Yo, yeah. I feel like that might. Yo, Alex, we might get an AKA for you. Yo, young Dujac. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we got young Dujac in the building. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. Yeah, but I mean, this like again, we talk about terroir. Like this wine speaks <laughs> speaks. Dujac to, is a dope wine. Maker, yeah, man. Uh, it speaks to. You know the the place of where it comes. I mean, you know the Southern Rhone is 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 an era. Uh, you know it's one of the warmest places in in all of all of France. And and you know Syrah is a, is a is a thick skinned grape, lots of body, lots of power. Um, you know, and and I think that's but still so smooth, man. so smooth. Like, and still I mean, like, like this has been this has been laid down. It's like for silky, years. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> like Andre would say. Uh, this is Victoria's Secret. Silky, <laughs> silky, silky, sexy, and seductive. That's that's a, a coin. That's a term. He Yo, coined. that is yeah. a perfect way to describe yeah. this yeah. wine because it it has like all this interesting character yeah. to it. Like that, and, and that's why so, I like Rome wine. It's so dimensional. Exactly. Like you have you have that dried fruit up front, and then it gets into that really mushroomy, terroir-driven, you know, earthy, you know cigar box and, and tobacco and, and that and then you have still 20 years later this sits on the palate and it's yeah still you know it's good. like yeah I mean, we should we probably should have cut up a steak to go with these yeah wines. So, man Alex definitely a little door <laughs> little door dash something <laughs> nah you know <laughs> I mean these are both definitely you know I would probably do like this this probably like a roasted duck uh, I mean like steak would go great um cassoulet something hearty you know what i mean and 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 that was that was kind of the trouble today about about figuring these wines out like i don't know 75 degrees in new york city right now like uh you know i thought about bringing champagne because that always goes with anything um but yeah but bocastel i brought this 99 because uh because of the year and the staglin i brought which is i mean the only word that i can use to describe this is stunning like i took a sip and this was my first sip um, I've been drinking a Boca style. I took a sip of this and like literally sat back in my chair like, huh? Because you got um, like the tannins on the back yeah. that just stopped the train. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and again, like it's this it, is power. It's it's fruit. It's all this. But this this wine I chose. Um, so back in 1999, my father and I were at a conference in Chicago. And mind you, this is pre-internet or like you know very basic internet. And I'd heard about this restaurant called Charlie Trotter's. And at the time, <laughs> Charlie Trotter was the best chef in America. Uh, you know, the restaurant had like a three a three uh, three month waiting list to get in. And this conference was in July, and um, I wound up getting a reservation at there. And you know, there was and this before. Like again, I was like nineteen at the time. I didn't know shit. <laughs> I thought I knew it all, but I didn't know shit. <laughs> but I went. Um, so my father and I get there, and. Um, so I went up securing a reservation. They, they do like a 6 to 6.30 seating and like a 9 and a 9.30. So we were, at, I think, on the late side of it. And mind you, at this time, this guy is, you know, the biggest name in, in, in culinary in the world, in, in restaurants, period. Legend, man. Yeah. And so we, we go up and he happened to be, we walked in, he happened to be standing talking to the hostess. Um, and, you know, we introduced ourselves and, and he says, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're a little bit early. And um, he says, oh, what table are they at? And she's like, uh, 22. He goes, no, no. What else is coming up? <laughs> and uh, maybe 50, table 53 or whatever it was. We'll be ready in a little bit. So he goes, okay, come with me. Walks us through the entire restaurant, full tour. Uh, it was an old brownstone in, in the Wicker Park, or not Wicker Park, uh, Lincoln Park area of Chicago. And, uh, you know, and that, at that time, their wine list is probably like two thousand wines. You know what I mean? And, and like every single thing that was on her was just insane. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because again, late nineties wine. You know, there the, there was less fine wine, but like the people who had it had it. Yeah, and it was harder to get. <laughs> yeah, like, so much harder. Pre internet. Yeah. Were you probably like waiting on faxes and shit? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me no, uh, fax me the new wine yo, list from Europe. Yo, when you get that new wine list, uh, hit my beeper, uh, <laughs> and then I'll or, find a payphone and call me, you back. Hit me on the two way. Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so so this you know this guy who's arguably the the best chef in America, if not the world, um, takes my father and I through the whole restaurant tour through the kitchen, three different wine cellars. And they had a. Uh, this is unique to them. They had a, a one, They had a, a table in the kitchen. It was like a four top or a six top in mm. the kitchen. Like literally, you pull it up on the internet. There's service chefs are over here. There's a coffee station. There's a six top in the middle of the kitchen. It's the player table. Yeah, but like so, what they did was the restaurant was a. He was the first one to do a prefix menu, mm. uh, a, 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 t- a degustation menu, a tasting menu. So it was like you came in and it was a seven course menu, a regular menu or a vegetarian menu. At the kitchen table is a 15-course menu. So we sit down, and he, the, the captain comes over, and he goes, chef would like to cook for you tonight. And they wind up giving us this 15-course menu for the cost of what the regular one was, which I feel like back then was 100 bucks, which was it's a lot of money. But when you look at the taste of, like, <laughs> look at all the three-star Michelin places oh, yeah. in New York. I mean, that's like you spend that on cocktails before you sit down for dinner. <laughs> but... Yo, how long does a 15-course meal take? I feel like we were probably there for three or four hours. I mean, there's small courses. Like, everything's right, like right, three right. or four bites. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's enough that, like, you taste it and you want more. You you know, you like, I wish I had one more bite I of know. that. Yeah, of that, that's what fucks me about those things. But it's also great because, like, I mean, do you want to – I mean, sometimes you want to sit down to, like, a big-ass bowl of pasta and just crush it. Yeah. But 
to be able to experience like all of this work. Uh, you know, like we walk through the kitchen, there's 30 people in the kitchen, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. You know, like this guy's chopping the onion, this guy's doing this. And <laughs> so putting like one onion per dish. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so at, at one point in the meal, um, the two biggest wine glasses I'd ever seen in my life come to the table. And I mean, they're, this, I mean, we're talking probably they're two feet tall. Yeah. Like, the, like now I know that the Riedel Sommelier series glasses. We know that, like, these are fucking two hundred dollar wine glasses each. Yeah. Right. So he, you know, I, again, I didn't know this at the time. So the, the captain brings them over, and chef goes, "This is a gift from me," and he brings over a half bottle of Staglin for my father and I. And like that dinner, just you know, my father and I, my father being, you know, came here from Indonesia. Um, an immigrant who, you know, started a restaurant and again to support his family and mm-hmm. and then me kind of at that point was sort of the precipice of me taking over. Um and, and that wine to me still twenty years later, I don't remember the two other wines we had, but I remember that half bottle of Staglin. It was a gift from Charlie Trotter and the way that they brought it out to us. And mind you, like we're two nobodies from upstate New York, from Albany, New York. Mm. And the hospitality that I was shown that night I literally, like, my goal for every person who comes into my restaurant, whether they are a, a celebrity, an influencer, or the couple who has been saving for six months because it's their anniversary, mm-hmm. is to make them feel the way that I felt that night. And people, like, literally, like, looking at us, like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> and and that, and that, 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 to me, it, like, embodies the hospitality of what we try to do in the restaurant every night every day and is that is that to make people feel you know seen and appreciated and valued and the fact I that really I really think that's why you guys are so successful I mean like this shit makes dude I I learn something like every episode man I've just never thought about it that way yeah you know um but yeah I mean it's a great it's a great approach to have um yeah and that's why like this like this this bottle of staglin you know and it, you know, like now I have friends who work for the winery and, and my friend's husband is the winemaker. And so all of these things that, again, in our business, in the wine business, it's small. Like right. everybody knows everybody. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, but I like this wine to me has always signified the, the giving in the hospitality in the, the, in the industry. And I mean, and it's the same thing with the wine. You go to a winery. You know, they're there, like they're gonna pour you wine. But like, especially if you're if you're in this, you know, like if Jermaine walks into a winery, they're gonna know that the real wolf of wine is there, oh, and they're I'm, gonna show oh, you. They gonna, they gonna yeah. show love. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, young Thanos. I don't know about that, but <laughs> when a wolf of wine shows up, but they're gonna show you, and they're gonna open up something special, and they're gonna right. make, they're gonna create an experience for you. Very true. That that I think like the, that that and that's what you know, like we talk about wine. In music, it brings people together. Like, mm. you know, if you're having friends over for dinner, what are you doing? You got music on while you're cooking, while you got a glass of wine, you while you're wine. pouring that. And got it's like, talk. it's and and when at the, the end of the day. fucks up. Yeah. Sh- who got the aux, man? <laughs> who got Come the on. aux cord? <laughs> Yo, can you get your phone off the Bluetooth? <laughs> can, you, can you log in on my Sonos? <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I, and, and at the end of the day, like, what do we want? We want yeah. to be with people, right? Definitely. We want to be with people. We want to enjoy shit. We want how to enjoy music. You, how would you describe um, a classic Napa cab, like, 
How would you describe the flavor profile? Well, I mean, again, talking about terroir, like you got to think about a weather map and you got to think about a topography. And Napa sits inside from the coast, right? So if you're coming, if you're coming west to east, there's the Pacific Ocean, there's Sonoma, then there's Napa. Napa sits in a valley. It's very warm. Mm. What does warm do? It ripens grapes. You know, you go to you go to Napa in July or August. You know, it's hot. So those <laughs> grapes are, those grapes are like, uh, you know, they're they're. They're they're ripening, and in that wine, you know, as as those sugars ripen inside the grape, those during fermentation, those are turned into alcohol. So you get bigger bodied wines, um, and you have you know one of the warmest climates in all of winemaking, and and you get that again. The, you know, those Napa wines tend to be big. You know what I mean? They're elegant. You know, they're they're the Ferrari. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're they're the they're they're big. They're powerful. They're sexy. Um, you know, and like when you look at like right now, Napa wine auction was just happening this week. You know, a barrel of Continuum went for five hundred fifty million dollars or five hundred fifty thousand dollars, half a million dollars for a barrel of wine. Shout out to my man Fritz Hatton. That's I it. see you, baby. <laughs> I see you, Fritzy. Um, but you know, you have so you have that that you know Napa's. It's you know, you, you, if you've ever been in Napa, it's a very yeah. every winery is beautiful. It's picture perfect. It's landscaped. It's manicured. And I think like even looking at this label of Staglin. It, it reflects the sense of place of that wine. Bocastel, this is not, like, this is much more classic. You look at the lettering. You know what I mean? That sense of place of this bottle, you know what I mean? This this coat of arms here from yeah, Chetanuff. Like, is dope. I mean, this is this speaks, like, new in, this is new money. You know what yeah. I mean? This is new money. <laughs> this is old money. You know what I mean? Right, and that's, right. And I think, I, I, you know, it's kind of the same thing. The terroir, the place of where this wine is from, you know, but classic Napa, it's big, it's bold, it's... You know, it's it's sexy, it's flashy, it's the mm. Ferrari, it's the it's the right red Ferrari with fucking Beyonce in the driver's seat. You know what I mean? Like that's it. <laughs> that's you a know? great way to describe. <laughs> that's, that's that's Napa for you. If like, you want to know what wine from Napa tastes like, um, nah, I, I, yeah, man, this shit. Uh, I love wine, dude. It's you could. It's a conversational piece, man. I could sit here and. I learn something new literally every show. I don't go yeah. the I didn't have a classic wine education. Yeah. I learned about wine from hanging out with wine people, That's hanging it. out with some of the uh the dopest wine makers, best chefs, mm-hmm. but also just really really like smart consultants, brokers, yeah. all these people that were tasting all these amazing and you just, wines. You just sit and you shut your mouth and you listen. Yeah, and and you become a sponge. You just pick it up, and that's it. And you um, learn, and you learn, and you learn, and you learn, and you taste, and that's it. And that's, I mean, you know, like, I mean, now there's a lot more stuff, but I mean, coming up in the game, the wine game, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't all the classes that there are now. There was nah. like, okay, you could do like a WSET, which is a class, or the Quartermaster Psalms, which is a class, or it was a test. It was not even a class. Like here, yeah, exactly. Go read these books and then come <laughs> see us. Every know? time I, I think of the term like the Court of Master Psalms, I picture like archery <laughs> it's like fucking it's like um it's like a gladiator and shit we're in the court <laughs> are you not entertained <laughs> you know that that's what i feel like yeah um but i think you know also you look at that you know you look at the movies the song movies i mean that's that's yeah. fucking reflective of 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 the culture today and like yeah like at the at the core of it yeah it might be like a little stuffy but like you 
you know, you watch those movies and you realize like the work that goes into it, but also like the fact that again, we talk about wine and hip hop, you know, there's not like there's never been a group of psalms together tasting wine that there wasn't a hip hop soundtrack in the background. Facts. You know what I mean? Um, not not in the last five to six years. At least. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like there's always like the pregame, like, you know, we're preparing wines and there's Somebody's got the aux cord. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, uh, and, and it was, we were doing, I was working at a wine event. I'm, uh, you know, it was like, I'm sure it was like a $2,000 ticket, whatever it was. And we're all back there. And I was, all I could think of was mad question asking, decanter passing, music blasting. <laughs> right? So that was, that's all I could think about was Biggie. And like, and that's like, we were listening to Juicy. Some cheese eggs. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you know. Welch's grapes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm holding the yeah, bottle yeah. of wine up. Welch's grapes. <laughs> cheese eggs and steak. Um, but yeah, and I'm like, that's literally like, yeah, we weren't passing blunts, but we were passing decanters. <laughs> like, that's what we were doing. And yeah. like, it's, but again, it's it's the culture. It is the, yeah. You know, and you look at, I mean, look at some of these restaurants now, with, with, um, like some of the best restaurants in the world, have a strictly hip hop, one soundtrack. Charlie Bl- Bird, Charlie Bird. Look at Blanca. Blanca. Blanca's a two star restaurant, bro. Yeah. Like they, Quince, Quince in San Francisco. Um. Their playlist is cultivated by, and I'm, why can't I think of his name? The bartender from Charlie Bird, who's now at Legacy oh, Records. Oh, my man, Charlie. Charlie, yeah, yeah, Charlie. Charlie Reyes. Charlie Reyes does the playlist for Quince, a fucking three Michelin star restaurant in it's San Francisco. Dog, Michael Tosk is a chef. The food is fucking outstanding. I had a dinner there two years ago, and it was like one of the top three meals of my life. But oh, Charlie no, Reyes... On the ones and twos, Yo, bro. playing the playing. playing we need to have track. like a party and let Charlie DJ. That would yeah. be dope. Yeah. And the first time I met Charlie, I was, I was, I left Wine on Wheels. I walked across the street to Charlie Bird. <laughs> That's the after spot. That's the after spot. Everybody is there. <laughs> you run into everybody yeah. from Wine on Wheels yeah. like thirty yeah. minutes after. Yeah. Everybody is at Charlie Bird. But so I met Charlie Bird, and what was Camp Low was on. And and I was you know I was like singing it in my head and I'm like and, and him and I got talking about about the soundtrack and he said that he, um, you know he he uh, he cultivated the playlist there, mm. and then you know he did it obviously for their you know for Pasquale Jones and for Legacy Records and then now for Quince and you know like that's his that's his side hustle is that he just yeah and like every song that audio came culture on, oh, yeah his company yeah. every song that came on. I was like, fuck, I haven't heard this in Bro. like so long. I, I've told him. Um, so we went there. You got to get Charlie on the show. Yeah. Charlie's got to so get on the show. We had him on Have the show. Have a mix of some cocktails. In the <laughs> cocktails and hip hop. <laughs> we had him on the show in the first version of this, but it was uh-huh. Taste the World podcast before. Okay. And we had him and um, Arsonist from the Heat Makers. Oh wow! On the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had when we did it at Charlie Bird too. Oh, nice, dude! Because live on location. On location. One of the and the reason I did that, like Charlie Bird, was really, really inspirational to me. Like Robert, yeah. like Robert's the fucking man in my book. First like, time I met Robert was before he opened Crew, and him and I were in that same sommelier competition. 
that I was in the year before with Yo, Andre. The motherfucking I did it. freshman double Yo, XL freshman <laughs> class. They birthed fucking stars. That was the golden summer, man. Oh, was man. Dustin Wilson there too? Dustin like, Wilson. <laughs> I, I feel like Dustin's younger than me. I mean, I have more hair than Dustin, but I think he's younger than I am. Um, but I think, um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was at the Ritz Carlton on, on Central Park South. Damn, I think is where that if that, that the was second the social one. media era, bro. I'll forget it. it would, shit would have been all over Instagram. <laughs> but there's there's a photo from the first year when it was me, Andre, um, Jason Alexander, who is the uh, the GM. Not from Seinfeld. No, no different <laughs> Jason Alexander. He's at um, uh, uh, shit. Why can't I think of the name of it? In San Francisco, uh, two side by State Bird Provisions, and they have uh, a sister restaurant next door, and he oversees the wine program. Um, uh, Tomas uh, Lescombe, uh, who was the wine director at Ducasse at mm. the Essex House, mm-hmm. like it was, it was Play that, that uh, like, Play going, like there was a picture of us from 03, and I gotta dig it up because I need but, like, to, I need, I need, to, <laughs> I, I gotta, need to see I gotta, this. I think I posted it years ago, but uh, <laughs> you know, this is 16 years ago, um, but oh, we had, uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fucking, it was, a, it was a crew for sure. That's crazy, yeah. yo! I'm blown. This staggling, bro. I'm yeah. blown away. I didn't think this was that was gonna be the one, but that's the yeah. one for me. I usually can't get into um, Napa Cab, man. I'm a '84 vintage, so I have a a very special connection with um, with Napa. Yeah, um, it's the only region that that made decent wine that year. Is that is that your birthday? '84. Yeah, '84, and you know I. It was me. What's your birthday? August 2nd. Oh, so 35 coming up. Yeah. Landmark. Bro, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be 40 we, next year. I'm an, eight, no. I'm, a, I'm an 80s baby. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm an 80s <laughs> exactly. baby. So, and I'm like, literally, I'm like now starting the hunt of like what? Because <laughs> like 80, there's not a lot of good 80 out there. Yo. There's some good, there's some decent Napa 80. Um, there's some, uh, I mean, obviously, like Madeira is always safe, you know, yeah. poor. Um, but yeah, I gotta start. I gotta start the haunt. Gotta figure it out, man. That's it. Go big or go home. Should right? I drink some good shit this year? I don't know. I I, I usually after thirty, I kind of cooled out on my birthday. Like I used to do like the whole five days celebration thing. Yeah. And then you had then you had kids. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> your birthday don't mean no, shit. no. You know what? I I was I was still rocking for a little minute, <laughs> but like I just got tired after thirty. My thirtieth, we had a um, we did a private dinner. At Charlie Bird, um, it's a recurring to, to theme pre-game. here. It's a recurring yeah. theme here. Yo, Brock, it revolves know, around Charlie Bird. made red suit. Yeah. That, like if you ever, if you see me in that red suit, <laughs> Yo, I bought I that see, shit for yeah, my birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was my birthday suit. Yo, <laughs> speaking of fucking suits, let's talk about that tweed number. Oh man, that you had on at Wine and Wheels this year. Yeah, I, I had. Dude, that to, was a showstopper. I had to hurt him, man. Like with and when you auctioneering, you got a peacock, man. You but dude, got that to. that. that that suit was like literally. I was like fucking jealous. I'm like motherfucker. I thought I thought I hate being the second best dressed guy. Nah, in the room. I man, hate that. Nah, yo, this dude <laughs> nine and a half times out of ten. Dominic is the freshest dude in the room. Like he be in the restaurant, dudes that show up on their date, like fuck, and just go home. <laughs> like Mister Steal Your Girl is here tonight. Nah, damn. Um, <laughs> No, but that um, I have fun at these joints, man. And that's it too. Like, what's what's hip hop fashion? Yo, you gotta stay fresh. Like, you right? have to. That was that like. Was what do you think about? Like, think about how it's changed. Think about the oversized jerseys. Oh, oh my god! 
Right. Think about. Yo, think I used about... to wear size forty. <laughs> I had a size fifty-two <laughs> pair of jeans once, man. Yo, I got throwback jerseys from back in the day that looked like night dresses on me. <laughs> like I couldn't wear them to the corner store today. It. I mean, it's bad, man. And then you tuck it in behind your two-way. You tuck it in behind your two-way. So it's like. Way. So it's like halfway up. <laughs> Yeah, and and that, but now you look at it now, like what is it? It's fucking tailored tuxedos, everything tailored, man. And and it's, you know what I mean. And that's and that's it's just so funny how it's changed from being like yeah, like the the (laughs) pair of jeans that are eight sizes too big. The game cinched at the weight. The game is different. And the and the throwback jerseys, and now it's like you know. All right, so I got two questions for you before we jump out of here. Um. First question, if you could have dinner with any rapper, well, you could invite, if you could invite any rapper to your restaurant okay, um, to come kick it, who would it be? Not Hov. We got we to gotta X Jay-Z out of, we gotta X Jay-Z right, out of the questions. Right. We got to um, come up any, with a no Hov rule. No Hov rule. For our spirit it's animal such questions. A default. It's such alive. a default. Um, <laughs> alive. Any rapper alive. alive. Dead or alive, fuck it. Let's open it up. Let's open it up. Um, dead or alive, big, like mm. hands down, big, big. Um, because I, like that's what that's what I grew up on. Like bad boy, East Coast, you know, mid, you know, early mid nineties. Yeah, that that was the sound, and it's still the soundtrack. I mean, Ready to Die plays at least once a week. Yeah. You know, on my playlist, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? like sitting at work. What would it be about like hosting Biggie? I, like, I think it's a it's a conversation not unlike you and I are having right now. It's about mm. it's about life. It's about you know, it's about culture. It's about wine. It's about. Um, I mean, like obviously, like you know, you you try to envision what would Biggie be rapping about now? Yeah, right. Like, it's not going to be about Sega Genesis. It's not going to be about you know, fifty inch screens because yeah. now we all got sixty five inch screens. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, uh, I don't. You know, and, and it's like, what, like, what would that have been like? Stu said, "What would that have been like today?" Saddest part when if Biggie, Biggie died? was still rapping now, and like I can remember that funeral procession like it was yesterday. The I remember newspaper. watching it on TV. You know that procession with the white Cadillac mm-hmm. driving down, and I and and I think like. Like, what would it be like today? First off, all the bullshit rappers would be fucking gone be because be he just over. would not allow you it to Biggie, happen. Biggie would get on track beats. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But, like, you know. It was, like, groundbreaking for him to do the Bone Thugs trap where he was rapping fast. It was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit, the New York dude's <laughs> rapping fast. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Nah, um, nah big. So, I, I think, I, I, dead or alive, I'd have to go big. Okay. Um, yeah, and then, I, and maybe, and then alive, I'd. Puffy, like, mm. just because the I don't know the D, the I, the D, the D, the Y, the D, the I, the D, and I like, think I don't know, like, and and I think that's that, that's maybe my two, because like I'm a I'm bad boy, bad boy out. I'm I'm just yeah, like that come was on. come on, Puff, pull up at DP. Yeah. I know you be in oh, Albany. I know it. Um, and then so my my next question is, um, first song you listened to this morning, man. What was the first song that you listened oh, to I listen to this, this morning? morning? You know, because if I were home, it would be different. But I was, um, uh, obviously, it was in a hotel. Mm. What did I hear this morning? 
um, I don't think I heard anything until I got into the car. Until I, whatever was on in the, uh, in the Uber. Yeah, but normally, oh, well, like... What, like, what's your go-to? Like, you know, you in the, get up in the morning, you're getting your day going. You know how you put that song on uh, like, to set the tone? To set the tone of, like, if, if I'm, like, trying to hype myself up on any given day, Rock Boys... Like that, no matter what. Like, if I was out late, Dominic looks like the Rock Boys video. By the way, he looks like he was an extra in the Rock Boys video. Every time you see him, he could be passing by. Like, but like that, like literally, if I hear that song, like I'm just in a fucking happy place. It just puts me in a happy place. Yeah, and like I mean, there's there's so much out there that I that I could, but like that feel a force, like feel a force. Yeah. But like that song, like, like the horns, the production, yeah. the flow, like it, it all of it. It feels good. It's a yeah. good feeling. It's a good. It's, um, a, it's a good who, place who? to push in. Yeah, yeah, get in there, man. Oh, what was, like, what this is we got young Dujac, man. Young Dujac, young Dujac. What was one of like the, the golden years for wine? Like you were saying, like there's not too many good eighties. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, like, I mean, like, you think about like certain years, like '82 was great in California and in Bordeaux. Um, you, you know, you think about like '99, 2000, 2001. '99 was great in California. Oh, one was great in California. 2000 was great in Bordeaux. But now, like, there's these wines that weren't known as being really a good vintage. But now you're tasting them, and you're like, holy shit, this these came along okay. better than than they came out. What's your birth year? That's a good year. 94 is a solid year. Good year for hip hop, too. Good man. year for really good Fucking year. Fucking good year. Yeah. What, yeah. what makes a good year? Rain? This, is, this is specifically interesting because this goes right back to terroir. Terroir, yeah. You know, and, and it's just a moment in time that is captured in the bottle. There's a, a couple different elements. And so that's you, the weather. The moment in time so the, the captured in the bottle. In the bottle. And that's like we talk about wine being a drug. It's literally lightning in a bottle. It's lightning in a bottle. You're capturing a particular vintage on a particular day that you chose to harvest those grapes. Yep. Next and then year you make that wine. That. If yeah. you did it a week later or a week earlier, it's a different wine. Yep. But you're you you know the winemakers, much like we talk about hip hop artists, like you the production that goes into that that whatever it is, you know those those wines, you know if you pick a day later. It could be a little bit warmer, and that wine's a little more riper, and it's a little more full body, and the alcohol is higher. If you picked it a day earlier, it's a little cooler. So, you know, depending on on, on when or where the things are, they trying to get it at the right moment you're that, cap- when it's, it's going to be the best representation of that. That's dope. I never really thought about yo guys. We we figured something out here, man. We're we fucking changing the world right we're here. We're fucking changing hip-hop. the world. It really is. It it terroir is lightning in the bottle. Yeah. It is that moment. In that specific place, that is what wine in that like. And in in the same thing with with hip hop. Like and, and I had this conversation with a friend of mine when 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 four forty four came out, and remember he talks about Al Sharpton in the mirror taking selfies? Yeah. That, was like a, that was a week before. Like, that yo, was a huh? week before. How did he record that, get it down, and get it onto my iPhone you have in marketing? a week? Yeah, marketing that shit lined how, up behind that. How did that happen? Uh, but again, if that album was made a week earlier, that line is not in there. That You know what I mean? Mm. Same thing with this wine. Like that, it's, it's a sense of place. It's a sense of time. At that specific And again, moment. we talked about the fashion and hip-hop of – the 90s and the throwback jerseys and the oversized clothes 
But you know what else is? You know what never? You know what stands the test of time? Classics. Jays. That's how. Yeah. Everybody's one, still rocking Jays. One through, one through. I'd say. What do you think? It starts to taper off. I'd say one through seventeen. Yeah, and then there's like there's some crazy shit out there. Like some of them like really when the Team Jordan started popping, yeah, like and Team Jordan saved a lot of motherfuckers though, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was broke back in the day, man. I wasn't like TV broke. I was broke broke. <laughs> like I was broke for real. And yo, I used to I used to you remember Favor? <laughs> I used to have to go to Favor or Payless and we go right to the back of the store where the sneakers was. Where the sneakers sneakers was always on the wall. The shoes was in the middle. I used to go to Favor, go right to the back of the yeah. store, man. And yeah, thank yeah, God. That was that, and that, and but you know, like again, talking about sports, talking about hip hop, talking about culture. I mean, you see that, you know, you look at that, and it's like literally. Jays, yeah, they test stand, the time. They stand. Test how the many? Time. How even like how many songs did you did you love back then? And then you hear them now. It's like what the fuck was I even thinking? <laughs> like, but there's also some joints that like you can listen. They are good enough to drop today. They just they oh, stick. Yeah. yeah, they stick. You know, completely stick. And then like there's like I, you know like a lot of times I like throw on like a iTunes or a Apple Music playlist or a Spotify playlist. Like because just to change up from like the normal shit, yeah, you listen to yeah. It, you just throw in like a hip hop throw. Try to get into and, and then you hear shit. a song and it's like, mm-hmm. you're taken back to that moment mm-hmm. when you were 16. I see the you radio. Know, you're, you're, I have. You're, you're like you know you're you know you're partying in an alley somewhere in the woods or whatever it is, yeah. and and you're having that you know you're ha- and that's and that's again with the wine too. Like it takes you to a place. It takes you to a memory. It can take you to. You know, a journey, and and why, and, and music does the same thing. You know, yeah. you hear, I mean, you fucking front and get confronted, but you know, <laughs> TLC Waterfalls comes on right now, and you're by yourself, you're singing that song. Don't lie, I'm doing the dance. <laughs> doing I'm the doing dance. the dance right now, doing, yeah. Doing the dance. Yo, this Staglin, I would do a commercial for this man. Like this is, y'all gotta holler at me, Staglin Family Vineyard. Yeah. Garen, Garen, boat. Garen, are you there? Yeah, Garen Staglin. Listen, I am coming to see you. This. I think we need to go on the road. We need to do a live, yo, a live we, at Staglin. We, yo, Callie's been asking, man. Let me That's tell it. you something, man. King of both coasts. I don't <laughs> care. You got some fucking motherfuckers running around out there trying to play. Like, this is wine and hip hop, guys. This is it. This is it. <laughs> like, this, this is, is by coastal. This is what by we coastal, do, baby. Absolutely. That's it. Um, and, uh, yeah. Like, young Dujak. Young Dujak. Young, <laughs> young, young Dujak, yeah. Young Dujak. Can you give me a parallel on that? So there's, there's people in music who have survived the test of time, like Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, And then there's people who just had, like, one really, really hot summer. Yeah. Like Nelly. Music's still good, but... Yeah. <laughs> Damn! No shots, Nelly. No shots fired. No shots, no Nelly. No shots fired. Okay. But then there's certain people who just have, like, really big songs. Right, really right, right. moments in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't necessarily... I mean, there's there's a lot of wines that I mean, like the I mean, bo- both of the wines that we're tasting today. I mean, this Bocastel has been made for, you know, I don't know how many vintages, but a long time. I mean, you think about like Trimbach, they're on their 14th generation, they're making wine since like the 1400s. You know, Staglin, I mean, they're, they're second generation winery now, but like that wine. You know, because Napa is a relatively young wine community. I mean, they've only been making wines commercially since like the mid '60s, 
Whereas in, you know, in France, there's wine, wine in South Africa, there's wineries that go back to like the 1300s. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of those, but also, you know, in the last 25 years, there's been a huge growth of these, of these wineries. And there's like, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like, is, is where you're growing the wine is where you're growing the grapes is a good place. And two, you know, who's, who's the winemaker? You know, it's like a chef. Like, you can give the best cut of steak, and if somebody fucks it up and overcooks that steak, it doesn't matter how much that Wagyu beef costs, mm-hmm. you know, per pound, because it's ruined. You know, you can buy the most expensive real estate in Bordeaux, and, and you know, if, if, if somebody's not making a wine well. And transversely, you can take an off vintage when the wine, you know, what's not known as a, a great vintage, and the winemaker can, you know, acquiesce those grapes and, and, and get something, kind of make lemons, lemonade out of lemons. And, you know, same thing, like a, a good chef can take a bad cut of meat, you know, mm. like a, a really rough cut and braise it and give it some time and flavor season, it and season, season it. Season that bitch up. Season it up. <laughs> and, you know, like cook it with the right vegetables. And then you have this beautiful, delicious, like little slow-cooked beef thing, you know, or like short ribs or something like that, where you're taking a less expensive ingredient and making it, elevating it. Same thing with grapes. Like, you can take a bad year and, you know, and, and depending, I mean, there's sometimes sometimes you just lose, like, you know, you have bad weather, you have hail or something like that. But you have, um, the you know, winemakers have ability to to do something to make the wines. And, and I think that's the gift of the winemaker, just like the gift of the chef. We could talk about natural wines, but that's another show. Cause yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> show, bro. That's a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah, word. So things to take away here, guys. Terroir. Terroir is, and first of all, it's spelled terrier. <laughs> T-E-R-R-O-I-R. That, that fucked me up for a little while. But um, terroir, so you want to think about climate, so the weather, rain, humidity, all this shit. You want to think about topography, yeah. so the slope that these uh, the grapes are grown on, and that that even that is interesting in itself because that helps. Like, you can overwater a plant and fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. you know, you get like, rock. You know, exactly. You get so you know the the topography, the slope that is uh, that is grown on is important, but then also the soil, like the actual minerals going into the shit that you're drinking. Mm-hmm. You have all t- different types of soil. You got clay. You got uh, alluvium soils. You have uh, all this stuff. In limestone. It. Yeah. <laughs> chalk. <laughs> you know, chalk. Champagne. Like, what makes champagne? Champagne is the chalky. There soil. are so many different things that go into why this is that. Yeah. But then, like when you go to the hood, it's the same shit. Like you got. Um, you know what the what the vibe of the people like. Mm-hmm. You know, is there crime? Isn't there? Like, you go in the hood right now, you don't see a bunch of banks like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not. There, but what are there? There are a lot of liquor stores. There's a lot of uh, like the corner store like shit. So um, you go in the hood down south. There's a bunch of gun stores. Yeah. Right. There's not what it's like. Drive through liquor stores in the south. Oh, you get drive through. Forget liquor about. <laughs> yeah. I heard a story about a drive-through strip club, which is also <laughs> another. But that's another. That's episode. real talk. I, dude that's, told that's, me about it. I don't even. Whatever. We'll get into that. A drive-through strip club. They just jump in a car. Well, how's that work? <laughs> Yo, bro, he dropped past. <laughs> just jumping in. Give me a lap dance. Take a look. All right. Give good. you a fucking. <laughs> give you a twenty-two dollar Amstel light, and then you go on your way. There's a three drink minimum. <laughs> there's a there's a four drink minimum. You know what I'm saying? Plus plus gratuities added. Yeah. 
35% <laughs> plus there's a cover at the, to pull your car in. And and it's cash only, and yeah. the ATM got a $35 VIG on it. <laughs> Yo, Jermaine, why you know so much about that? Yo, bro, we've been, we been there, man. I just know shit. I just know shit. We've been there. Look, we've all, yeah, it's it's been a long 35 years, <laughs> let me tell you that. Not yet. 34 and change. <laughs> exactly. 34 and um, change. But, yo, Dominic, man, thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank for me. coming. Thank you for bringing these amazing wines. Um, We've been talking about this for, like, I feel like close to a year. Yo, so it's, I, it's, this it's, definitely going to be a part yeah, two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah man. We, got, we need tea here. Nah, tea needs to be here. Gotta, we just gotta, we gotta, yo, we got to do a part He though. was pissed he wasn't coming because, yeah. remember, we moved the times. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yo, yeah, yeah. sorry, T, you can't. Yeah. Yo, he was pissed. So, yo, shout out we'll to get my it. man. We'll get T. We'll get you. We'll do part two. We'll, we'll, we'll do definitely this. do part we'll two. We'll chop it off together. Um, but this concludes your presentation of wine and hip hop. It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine, aka the Zara Vibes, aka Young Thanos, and Dominic Pernomo. Also, nailed it. Uh, oh yeah, nailed yeah. It. <laughs> no, I wasn't fucking. <laughs> I wasn't fucking. And. And introducing young Dujak. Du- du- Jacques. Young Dujak. <laughs> oh, man, Your boy Alex, in the building. You know, he on the ones and twos right now. Um, but, yo, thank you for coming, man. Thank I you hope you guys me. enjoyed this. We run it, man. Peace. This concludes another moment in Wine and Hip Hop.